Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Good morning, golfers. Your tea time awaits. It's the Tea to Green Golf Show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Got a thought on the PGA Tour? Want help with your swing? Give the show a call at 803-0550. Tea to Green is being presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantera Golf Club. Briarwood Country Club and Lancaster Country Club. A hole in one, not big. Now it's time to talk golf. Here are your hosts, Brian Cozio, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA Pro Jeff Metis. Good morning, everybody. Another edition of Tea to Green is on the air here on WGR Sports Radio 550. I'm Brian Colzio. Thanks for joining us, along with Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis, our normal crew back here this week for another edition of your best local spot in Western New York for golf here on Tee to Green on WGR. Well, it's a, a big weekend of the PGA Tour, the Memorial going on, an incredible field. Tiger is back. Uh, we'll be talking about a lot of the storylines coming from that event coming up here over the course of the hour. Uh, we'll get our Western New York PGA Tip of the Week, courtesy of Jeff. Uh, and some big names in the world of golf with some strong takes about what we've been talking about over the past few weeks, which has been Bryson DeChambeau and his new strategy towards the game. Jack Nicholas talked about it this week. Of course, he's the host of the event. Brandel Chambly always got something to say from Golf Channel. Uh, golf Channel. The RNA chair, Martin Schlumbers, also had something to say. Uh, so a lot here to get here as we roll on here throughout the show uh, on WGR. But uh, let's say good morning to Kevin Sylvester, who was on assignment last week, as we said. Kevin, you're back, and uh, I should say congratulations on your assignment. You had a good week. Yeah, uh, my partner, Will, and I had a great week. Um, the assignment was the, uh, an invitational golf tournament, and we finished uh, overall runner-up, um, came down to the final for the shootout. And, Bri, you know, um, you know you want shots back. Like, it, it's – like, I'm super proud of what we did – but, man, this tee shot in the final holes haunted me. I tugged it just a little left. I mean, I, I flushed it. But it ended up directly behind a tree, in the fork of a tree. I mean, it was in the devil's rectum. That's where the ball was. So, <laughs> I mean, it could not have been in a worse spot, um, I, I think. And so and Will hits a great shot out of there, and then, <laughs> then I chunk it. I'm like, I had two, I had one, you know, one good swing, followed by one bad swing. But you know what? Uh, it was a great run. Uh, we had a ton of fun, and it was great to be able to do that event. And I'll give uh, Gary Aquino and Bill Baker, the staff there at Orchard Park Country Club, a lot of credit for pulling off the event uh, amidst all the um, uh, uh, limitations uh, that we had. So it was, a, it was a fun time. Thanks for calling an assignment, by the way. Appreciate 
Well, that's research. What we're that's what we're yeah. saying right now. You should have heard what we were saying last week when you weren't with us. No, just kidding. No, we're awesome, uh, awesome on finishing second. Thank the, you. Uh, that, yeah, first loser. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All the cliches. Pull them out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, here, I want to I want to you know what I'm proud of. We did not lose a match. We won every match that we played. That's good. And you still uh, lost, huh? <laughs> I mean, seriously, you won every match but didn't win the event. Well because you won points? It was based on it points. It goes by points. You advance okay. by points. Uh there's two ways to advance. Matter of fact. Um, we technically didn't win our flight because the team in second won more points in the final day to catch us. They canceled the last one. Um, so we did not get to play them. But we also advanced to the shootout because we won every match, and which uh, it's hard to do. Win six matches, we were in the, the top-rated flight. Um, and let me tell you, a couple of them were grinding out till the end, the absolute end. Um, I came down the final hole on three of them, as a matter of fact, uh, to swing it uh, our way. So um, that was fun, stressful. A little later on, I'll, when you want me to, I'll take, unless you want me to do it now, I can tell you about the numbers. Go for right. it. All right. So yeah. I have a whoop band. All right. So don't know the whoop band is. This is what it, it measures uh, your sleep patterns, recovery, all these things. You see a lot of PGA Tour players wearing them. Um, I got it in Hartford, actually, because it's to help monitor our respiratory rate uh, for COVID. Uh, this is why uh, they were handed out to announcers and staff and so on, so on and so forth. But I've been wearing it the whole time, right? Because I certainly want to know and see if it spikes. So I went back Saturday night and I said, God, I wonder what my heart rate was during the final match, which was – I was really intense, as you could probably imagine, Jeff. Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And and during the shootout, right? And so, Jeff, what do you think my average heart rate was? This was a as a five hour period. What was my average heart rate? A hundred and ten. Brian, what is no, what's perceived to be normal? I don't know. Just get you know, Jeff gave right. an average of one sixty. I think okay. sixty. I'll normal. say eighty five. One hundred and thirty one. Uh, <laughs> wow. Average, the peak was one sixty three. That's like sprinting. That healthy? Uh, <laughs> no, it's not. No, it no, it's not. Do, does your doctor know this? Yeah, he does now. He you were in a cart. I mean, you were in a cart. It shouldn't get to one sixty three. Well, I, no, I actually, I actually walked a lot. I was, uh, I was pacing a lot because I was anxious and wanted to win. And then the shooting, you know, the stress of it. So, and it said the daily strain was near peak and I needed extreme recovery the next day <laughs> from, from all that stress. But it was interesting to me because I would wondered like, okay, you know, I like can you feel you're in the moment, you're pumped up, uh, you know, all these things and, and you're, you're nervous, these things are going. And uh, it's why you see golfers sometimes um, walk slower, right, Jeff? Like that's one of the things yep. to walk a little slower to, get that heart rate down so you can control yourself a little bit. Well, yeah, because your tendency is going to be, you know, if your heart rate's running, you're going to start pace. You're, you're going to start moving faster. And then you get out of your rhythm and you get out of your pace of play and you get out of your routine. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it is when you're, when you're mentally that engaged or engrossed in any kind of action, you're, you're, you're you know, you're, you're, you're tired after a round like that. When you're grinding every shot, when you're engaged in every shot, and imagine that you, you played for three days. 
So yes. there's the three days you played for him. Yeah. So after three days of really grinding each shot, and you're that's that'll take its its toll on you. It's not it's not a joke. You're definitely going to be tired after after three days of golf like that. And that's what makes it fun, though, right? Because you're engaged. Because every shot did mean something. That's when it's fun. Um, and and that's what makes golf fun. If your heart's beating fast, you're you're doing something good in golf, and that makes it way more fun. Yeah, I, I um. I think sometimes, and sometimes it can help you play better and sometimes it can help you play worse. Sometimes uh, I know for me, I'll give you just a quick story. My two years of playing the club championship so far at Tantera, one started off incredible. One started off awful. The first year I was there early. I was on the range, I, you know, doing probably too much in terms of getting ready. And then the first hole a little amped up and I ended up shanking one. And it went right into the water. For those that know Tantero, the first hole, you have to carry water. And ended up taking a triple bogey on a par three. So it's a terrible way to start. And, of course, mentally, the whole rest of the round, like, it's all, like for a while there, it was bothering me. Last year, Jeff, you would know this because you saw it. I was essentially. there, yep. He and I, we actually happened to be doing our show at Tantero that week. Our show was from 7 to 8, and my tee time was like 8.04 or whatever. And I essentially took the headset off, went over to the hole, and just grabbed a club. Zero warm-up, zero thought. I was just, I was just making sure that I wasn't late for my playing partners because the whole tournament was caught up, you know, on that. And um, I t- hit a shot to like ten feet and made birdie and went on to. So it's like, I, you know, I'm, I, uh, I don't know if that shows that I'm mentally weak or went or uh, mentally strong. <laughs> I don't know. I, it's, uh, it's definitely something though, Jeff. Like. Sometimes, I, I don't know, like just getting yourself pumped up like that, that. That's, I think, fun, but maybe it doesn't always help you. I don't know. You know, and you, you don't play in a lot of tournaments, probably, right. Brian. It's just and, the, uh, that's usually like my only one of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And when you don't play in a lot of tur- tournament golf is so much different. You know, these guys, oh, I play with my buddies. I shoot. Go play in a tournament and, uh, and tell, you know, I, I like to follow that Monday cue. There's a, we are, I got to play with uh, Tim Faulkner, a very fine player from Craigburn this week. Nice kid, great player. He played very well. And he was telling me about a member there. He shot 64, 65, 63, and all these Monday cues hasn't got through yet. You know, and tournament golf is a different deal. Your heart does get racing, you know, and, and a bad shot has consequences. And when you're playing with your buddies, those bad shots don't have consequences. And like you said, Brian, you made a triple. So your heart starts racing more, and you, and you start to see the negatives, and you start to think about bad things. That's why every week when we talk about this, I talk about routine. You know what? Hey, you had a, there's nothing you can do about it. It's gone. Uh, you got to put it behind you, focus on the next shot, focus on the next shot. And then I always took pride if I did something like that and then came back with a good score. Um, I, I remember having the, uh, what I like to call the Tim Horton start in a tournament once, the old double-double. Um, and, uh, and coming back to shoot even par that day was one of my prouder rounds because, you know, you end up fighting hard and you get all the way back and, and then you think about what ifs all the time, right? Um, but that's what makes tournament golf fun is when there's something on the line, Kevin, like you played this week, there's a little more on the line. It makes it a little more fun. And, and if the butterflies are there, you know, then you're doing something in golf. And if there's no butterflies, golf's a lot easier game. Those tight pitches and chips off a tight lie over a bunker, when it matters, that's a harder shot than when you're just out there putzing and eh, I'm going to flop this up there and you don't even think about it. So, but that, like I said, that's what makes it fun. And I watched that shot you hit on 10 there, Brian. I thought it was a lot closer than 10 feet. It looked like it was three feet. I think you're being modest. Yeah. Right. You stuck it in there that day. <laughs> you must have given a great tip that week on the show on. Uh... Yeah, it was me from the yeah, parking lot watching you hitting that shot. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Well, <laughs> you, you know what? You know what's interesting? Uh, you're talking about tournament golf. You know, we're going to be watching the Memorial this weekend uh, in a great field there. And 
I tried to take this approach and I did probably for three quarters of the event. And I, I try to, uh, even, even in men's league, I try to take this with, when it comes to the driver. Cause I noticed this with players on the tour seen in person and really this translates in, in television, you know, when you select driver, you, you know, they commit to the line. They don't get cheated on their swing. I mean, look at the shamble, right? He goes after it. Rory goes after it. When a professional golfer hits driver, they pick their target and they make their swing and deal with the result. They don't try and steer a driver. They don't back off the driver at all, right? They don't bunt the driver. They swing driver, they're swinging driver, and they live with the result. You know, I think good players tend to think of where they want to hit it instead of where they don't want to hit it. Like, where am I going to hit it? Maybe they think of, you know, in their, in their pre-game processing, they may know they don't want to miss it right of the screen or whatever. But once they're over that ball, they're just thinking about the target, hopefully. If you're thinking about where you're going to miss it or you're afraid to hit it somewhere or you're tentative, that's when people make poor swings. But you're right. They just – they get up and they just blast. And uh, there, is no, there is no fear. Uh, it's hard to play – at that level, especially with any kind of trepidation or fear. Thanks for joining us here on TD Green. As uh, we welcome you in here on another Saturday on WGR, Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro Jeff Metis. TD Green presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, Jim Beam, and our home clubs, Tantara, Briarwood, and Lancaster Country Club. Uh, Kevin mentioned the memorial. We're going to get into that here as uh, we start talking about our PGA Tour leaderboard. It's brought to you by Callaway Chrome Soft. This ball is different and also by Puma Golf Shoes. Well, Jack Nicholas, of course, hosts this event. And before we talk about this week's event, Jack had some interesting things to say. One is which is about what to do maybe about, you know, what's going on with guys hitting it so far. But before I get to that, I want to talk about a text message he sent to Justin Thomas, which gives us a chance to reflect on last week's playoff. Uh, Thomas comes in a three-shot lead with three to go uh, at the workday, which, of course, is, was played last week at the same course with a little different setup than it is uh, this week at Muirfield Village. Ends up losing that lead. Colin Maracara, of course, has some things to say along the way, too, by playing great. Uh, but then in the playoff, Justin Thomas hits a 50-foot-plus putt just an absolute bomb, and it looks like he's going to win. And Morikara still has at least 30 feet of his own. Apparently, Jack Nicholas left the course at the wrong time because he sent JT a text message saying congratulations. He did not actually know that Morikawa trumped him back and made the 30-footer to extend the playoff, and then eventually where Morikawa went on to win. Uh, JT ended up laughing about it, and he said, well, you know, I can't get mad at Mr. Nicholas. I think that was a, probably a, a wise response on JT's part, but what a wild scene in that playoff, the back and forth. And um, I, I felt like at times I was kind of I was rooting for both. I like both of these players a lot, Jeff. But uh, what an incredible playoff that we saw between those two. Yeah, that was fun. That was just straight-up fun golf to watch. And, uh, you know, it looked like Justin Thomas had it for a while there. You know, even he said he was, he was disturbed because he lost a three-shot lead. Uh, you know, how far, I can't remember. He was way down to start the round. He was three or four back, I think, to start the round and had a three-shot lead. So he's upset that he didn't close the deal, but it, it was just great golf to watch. And that Morikawa, he's uh, he's pretty good too. There's a there's a lot of depth up on that tour. That was that was just straight up fun golf to watch. They're making bombs on each other. There was a ton of birdies made all day. The golf course looked great. It was it was really cool to watch. I I enjoyed every minute of it, and that's why you watch golf to see like things things like that happen. 
Kevin Colin Maracara has now won two PGA Tour events. He's only missed this one year? cut. This year he's won two, right? He's won well, two in his career. I think oh. it's in the wraparound, maybe. I don't know. Kevin, did he win last year? Because he was Rookie of the Year last year. He, he did win, and God, it might have been Reno or Puerto Rico. No, Victor Hovland won in Puerto Rico. And Morikawa, well, anyways, he has won. Anyway, one yeah, two times. No, he's no won two times. And um, no surprise. Obviously, right? we missed one. Yeah, no, yeah. no surprise to anybody that he's that he's won and he's going to win again because he's an incredible ball striker. I mean, you just watch him hit irons; it's awesome. And the hybrids, right? You know, the change of the bag with the hybrid. Um, you know, this guy's a fantastic golfer. I want to say he played in the Porter Cup. Sounds familiar. Yeah. Yeah. I want to say I recall him being um, at Niagara Falls Country Club in the Porter Cup. Uh, Our research department can look that up during the break. But uh, um, he's a fabulous player. And when you look at the young players coming on tour just in the last year, and they've won, like almost immediately, Matt Wolf, Victor Hovland, and now Colin Morikawa. I mean, it just speaks to the – uh, how good these players are coming out of college golf and what college, how college golf is preparing them for success on the PGA Tour. And I'll throw John Rahm in there, too. He's not that deep into his PGA Tour career, and he came out of Arizona State and was fabulous right away, too. And I saw, I saw a bunch of slow-mo video breakdowns of his swing from some different angles. What an athlete. I mean, the, it'd be a hard swing to mimic because he's such a good athlete. He, he, he just moves his body very, very well. Um, He's going to be good. We say this about a lot of these guys, but he's going to be good for a long time. He's got a beautiful move at the golf ball. Yeah, it's pretty interesting playoff between those two, no doubt about it. I mean, Morikawa, a four-year player from Cal, comes on. Barracuda Championship, by the way, is where he had his other win uh, last year. Uh, so two now for him, one missed cut. So a pretty impressive start uh, to his career, no doubt about it. I'm not worried about JT bouncing back. I mean, this. yeah, I mean, he's mad, but this guy's one of the more mentally strong players there is. We know with his father and his, you know, his lineage. He's, well, he's JP's be mad because he, he, he had a three-stroke lead with three holes to play, right? And a player of his caliber, you know, puts that in the bank, man, and it didn't happen for him. So, uh, you know, that tee ball on 18 is a tough tee ball, too. Uh, Muirfield Village, I mean, it's, that is a big boys golf course there. And, but that's why he's mad, because – he had a three-shot lead with three holes to go and didn't close the deal. Yeah, I think that's definitely, you know, for him, regardless of who's chasing him, and I'm sure he's not right. I mean, Morikawa gets some credit for it, but uh, nevertheless, he uh, back this week to try to win. Who else is back? Let's talk Tiger. He's back. Pretty uh, solid first day. Uh, as we record this here, we uh, we don't have his final score on round two, but – uh, nevertheless, Tiger coming back always adds buzz to the tournament. And Tiger, I think overall, I think we know when he's healthy, he can contend with anybody. And him being back, Kevin, just has this almost like a major feel. And I know not having fans, it's going to feel a little different and sound a little different. But if you look at the board, this is the best non-major field since the world ranking came out. So in 20 years of that uh, actual ranking, he – and in terms of how they currently do it, this is the best non-major field since 2000. So this is a, a really, really impressive week. And obviously Tiger is one of the headliners. Well, and, and you know, many were wondering when is Tiger going to return? And all eyes you know, were pointing towards 
the Memorial at Jack's place because of the field, because of the golf course, and because of, uh, you know, he needs to play before the PGA Championship. And what better way to prepare than play against the best field there's ever been, right, in a non-major golf event. So that's what he's got this week at the Memorial. Again, it's an incredible golf course in an amazing shape. And, you know, Tiger's won there five times. He's won the Memorial, so, um, you know. Three, three years in a row once. Right. Three years in a row he won there, too. Yeah, yeah. so I'd go back there, too. Yeah. yeah, if you believe in horses for courses, you got Tiger Woods in your fantasy lineup this week. You know, what was interesting is they showed him uh, hitting off the first tee, and you could literally hear birds chirping, you know, when Tiger gets introduced. That's odd. You know, <laughs> normally he's got to get the tip of the hat and hang out and, you know, acknowledge the crowd. Not that day, but, you know, it, I'm still glad there's golf on TV because it it's, it's been great to watch. Yeah, Tiger normally obviously plays with an insane – well, I mean, what would the crowd look like with him and Kepka and McElroy? those guys paired all together for the first two rounds? I mean, Kevin, you obviously from being on tour, you know what that's like to navigate that quite a bit. I mean, that would be an insane crowd for uh, – try to, try to get it through and watch to see those guys play. That is a day where you know you're going you're gonna to walk and walk fast um, because there's no getting through the gallery. Uh, if you're trying to get ahead on a support cart, not happening. Uh, <laughs> that just happens with anybody playing with Tiger, but with those three, yeah, that, that's kids on shoulders, climbing trees, trying to get a look. <laughs> um, uh, you know, there's a lot of great vantage points around Muirfield Village uh, to see those, those players, but, yes, they would draw tremendous amount of attention. And the PGA Tour announced this week there will be no more fans for the rest of the season, right, for the remainder of 2020, if I understand yeah. that correctly. Yeah. I, I would be – yeah, I, I, you know, make through the playoffs. I mean – Let's it, remember it, the PGA Tour does not run the Masters. That's so that correct. you could – as the U.S. Open. I don't know, you know, the U.S. Open is September, but the Masters in November, um, as we know – PGA things, Championship. The PGA that, right, those America aren't PGA back. Tour events. Now, that we know the PGA Championship in August won't have fans. They announced that. But yep. uh, if you're thinking about the Masters, that's, that necessarily wouldn't fall into that window. Yeah, I, you know, who knows if anybody's going to be at any sporting event, right, until 2021, right? I mean, just yeah. – um, It might be the least of our worries right now. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think we should all just appreciate their playing professional golf that they're racing NASCAR right now and hopefully some other things are going to happen that, you know, they're in hockey training camps that they'll play, that the NBA will play. And um, it'd be a nice distraction. Uh, I mean, listen, the one thing I, I hopefully PJ tours gain more fans because people are watching the live sports and uh, seeing how, how far they hit the ball, right? You know, as many people want to criticize DeChambeau, saying uh, RNA came out and said something about, hey, we're going to look at uh, drivers now going forward. How many golf fans has DeChambeau brought in because, oh, this guy hitting 400-yard bombs out there on the golf course, right? Um, I, I think that's probably attracted some fans who are maybe watching it for the first time and like, wow, look at this guy. This is awesome. Absolutely. I mean, I've been talking with people this week that I wouldn't say are hardcore golf fans that are watching because they want to see DeChambeau hit. They're like, I've heard this guy's hitting almost 400. You know, like, how's he doing it? And um, obviously there's quite a bit in terms of how he's doing it, but he's definitely gaining uh, fans. I think that buzz is there, something different, something unique. Um, you mentioned the RNA. 
Coming up in our next segment, we'll talk a little bit about Jack Nicholas is the host this week, what he had to say, Brandel Chambly from Golf Channel, what he had to say, the RNA had something to say. Uh, before we go to break, though, here, let's get in our Ryder Cup report. It's brought to you by New Era Cap, the official cap of Team USA. As we say, no fans, the PGA Tour, uh, a big reason why the Ryder Cup, Kevin, officially moving to 2021 is because everyone involved wanted to have fans, and with that likely not being able to happen, uh, they'll move it at Whistling Straits to next calendar year. Which gives us time to really plan our trip because we didn't plan our trip this year. So we, we should plan to go in 2021 uh, to the Ryder Cup. I get it. Be a, nice, a nice remote. Yes, yeah. it was. Yes, it was. Jeff, make something happen. You're, you're uh, you know, you know some friends at the PGA. You're PGA of America. Let's well, go. Well, I can get in for, yeah, I can definitely go. I don't have to pay for a ticket, which is nice. But, yeah. So I'll go. I'll scout it out for you guys, and I'll, uh, I'll report from the event. How's that? I'll, I'll, I'll be the Kevin that week. I'll just call in. Well, I was, wow. I think Kevin and I are referring to that you set up accommodations, meals. Right. Oh, exactly. Yes. Playing the uh, course the following week, all that sort of stuff. Listen, sure. right, My, right off the lake, we'll get the, uh, yeah, we'll get the company, uh, company yacht, all right? I do have uh, the PJ president's phone number right now. I'll give her a call. Maybe she can hook me up. So we'll see. It is next year, though. It's a long ways away. Yeah. You got time, that, which yeah. means there's no excuses. So take care right. of it. Absolutely. There's never any excuses. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's take a time out here on T to Green. Uh, when we come back, uh, we'll talk a little bit about what some of those bigger names in golf have to say about what Bryson DeChambeau is doing and if something is going to be talked about or done or looked into. Uh, we'll also have Jeff's Western New York PGA Tip of the Week as we roll on here on T to Green with Jeff Mita. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Kevin Sylvester, I'm Brian Colziel, Derek Kramer producing. We'll be back with more Tea to Green right after this on WGR. You're listening to Tea to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned, more Tea to Green coming up. Welcome back. Segment number two here on Tea to Green. Hope you're having a good start to your weekend. Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, PGA Pro, Jeff Metis. Thanks for being with us here on WGR. Tea to Green presented by the West New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome. Michelob Ultra, Custom Turf, Jim Beam and our home clubs. Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Uh, let's get to our tip of the week now. Brought to you by the Western New York PGA. The Western New York PGA has one goal, promoting and growing the game of golf today, tomorrow, 
and beyond. Let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about putting. And to start here, we've got a couple tips maybe within this, but the first thing uh, that we noticed, uh, that I noticed that I wanted to ask Jeff about was Phil Mickelson's kind of unique approach to putting uh, at the Memorial in the first two rounds. So Jeff, just to kind of ex- ex- describe this to everybody that maybe didn't see this. So on medium and short length putts, Mickelson lines up, and if you if you can kind of picture Mickelson putting, he kind of has that clog, right? right? He, he has one hand in, then he brings the other one in, and he always has had a little forward press before he gets going, and then he, he brings it back. But on shorter putts and medium putts, he was bringing it back, then made a, pronou- a pronounced stop with his putter, like the, just stopped, and then resumed with the follow-through. And I know the announcers on the broadcast were kind of saying like, hey, this is something interesting. Now, he didn't do it on really, really long putts, but they were saying that they were surprised that they hadn't seen him ever do this before. Um, I guess, what do you think of it? And what do you think he's either looking for or maybe trying to gain by doing this? Yeah, that's a, that's a tough one to figure out. You know, I, you, normally you see that with people that are struggling with putting, they're going to they're going to reach back and try a different technique every other day or a different putter or go to the bag and, and try something like that. And, you know, I tried to mimic that and, and see what I would feel and what I would gain from it. The only thing that maybe is a bit of a face awareness. Maybe he was pushing his putter a little bit, pushing, you know, pushing or pulling some putts um, without asking him. I'd have a real hard time figuring out the benefit there. Watching Phil putt, you know, I remember years past, he struggled a little bit with short ones once in a while. But he has such a beautiful flow to his stroke and such nice rhythm. And he, he used that old 8802 style for such a long time. And, you know, he always felt, you know, always felt like he'd get very hot with the putter. And, and he went to that claw grip. He's been successful with that. Um, but he's not a guy that I've ever thought of as a struggler with the putter. So I don't know what he's trying to achieve. When I practiced it, I, I noticed that it, uh, it just maybe made me a little bit more where my face was. And that could be the only thing I could deduce from watching him do that. I, I have no idea. Um, you know, he's a far better putter than I've ever been. So, you know, I'm, you watch how many guys will be trying it this week when we go out to the range or the, the putting green at your club. You see guys pausing and freezing all throughout their, out their practice sessions this week. It's kind of funny to watch that when players do that. Well, you said the key thing there, right, Jeff? I mean, Phil uh, wouldn't put that in play without practicing it a ton. Um, and obviously liked it when he tried it. And there's got to be some theory behind it, right? I mean, there's uh, always a new theory of putting, grip, uh, size of grip, right? I mean, yeah. um, there's just uh, all, all these new things you can try. I mean, I remember the Shambo tried side saddle for a while, and then the USGA said, no, you can't do side saddle, um, like croquet style, if you will. Um, you know, that won't work. Um, so guys are always looking for that edge when it comes to putting. Yeah, and then you look at Tiger. He said, you know, basically the same style of putter and the same grip for 25 years on tour. And I – I consider him the best putter that ever was when he was on top of his game. Did you see there, there was, you know, they had the Tiger at Home series with Golf TV, and, you know, he's uh, basically has a golf course in his backyard that he's working on. And when it came to putting, he just lag putts. He's like, I'm just practicing my lag putting. I just work mm-hmm. on my lag putting, and I hit more and more lag putts. I thought that was interesting, the lag putting. And the one thing that I, I do, Jeff, is a drill that we dem- it's on our website tdgreen.golf under the videos. Uh, it's, it's one of the drills that you demonstrated on there. And I'll hit a few at a hole, but I'll do the, I do this drill more than ever. Matter of fact, I did it a lot last week before every round. I, I did putting to the collar 
I uh, get it just for the speed of the greens because I, I, I knew not three putting was going to be crucial uh, for the weekend. Actually, I hold more putts because I had the speed down and I was confident in the stroke. I explained to everybody what that is about to uh, get the speed of the greens and why they should pick a spot in the green in a couple different spots and then putt to the collar of the green. So speed is always more important in putting than line because, you know, you have a breaking putt. You can make it on 10 different lines if you have 10 different speeds. And I love that uh, putting to the, the fringe drill. So the idea of the drill is to get whatever distance away from the collar and try to putt your golf ball, take three golf balls and putt them as close to the collar of the green as you can without letting them touch the collar or go past it. And what it does, is it engages you. You become so engrossed in the speed that you don't worry about anything else but the speed that you're rolling the ball at. So you don't worry about line. You don't worry about making it. You don't worry about, you know, if the putt bounce or anything. All you're worried about is the speed. And speed, that's probably why Tiger's hitting leg putts. Speed is so very important when you're putting. You know, if you get a dead weight every time, you, you make your, your life a lot easier. Um, that's the same idea before the round, hitting some downhill and some uphill putts to, to get yourself uh, acclimatized, accustomed to the speed of the greens. And, and that, that is one of my favorite drills. I've been doing that for a while. I give that to a lot of people. I think it's one of the best speed drills out there. Yeah, I like it a lot. You, you mentioned speed being very important. I, I feel like as I play with more and more people, Jeff, I'm almost, and, and I'm, I'm trying not to be mean about it, but I almost now am more hesitant to try to help somebody when they say, should I hit this one ball out, two ball out? Because I'll say, you know what? I think it's one ball out. And then I'll watch him hit it. And then I'll say, well, I would hit it a lot harder. So yeah. if you're going to hit it that soft, it should have been three balls out. Like, I guess, you know, like you said there, um, everybody's going to, because we're human beings, we're not robots. Mm -hmm. if, if Kevin and I both agree on the, exact line and you actually drew it on the green he and i are not going to hit it at the exact same speed just because we are human beings we can't mimic that perfectly so sometimes if you do have the, you know that if the guy comes up to you hey where you know how far out should i hit this like the speed you're right still comes into play before i should even tell them well go out a half a cup go left edge go two balls go three like because the speed is what's going to dictate it anyway I couldn't agree with you more. I remember coaching college golf and my kids would call me over and ask me to read a putt. I'm like, I haven't hit a putt today. What, what kind of speed are you going to put on this? And some people are die putters. They like to die it in the front edge of the hole. Some people are all worried about getting it eight inches past or 18 inches past, whatever the optimum distance is, or, you know, it depends if you're feeling confident. So there's so many variables there. If it's just being able to match the speed to the line you choose is what's important. But the hardest part is getting the speed right. You can choose any line, and then you just match that speed to it, and you've got a chance to make every putt. You know what? I don't know that I'm going to be able to putt without the flag stick in anymore. After having to keep it in with COVID, I am uh, so accustomed to there, and I'll pick a line out this side of the pole, at the pole, or that side of the pole. Instead of edges, I'm going at the side of the stick, and uh, I, I think it's working. It's still weird for me to have a stick in there on the four or five, six footers. I, you know, I still want to take it out every time. I, I don't know if I'll ever get used to the stick being in there on a six, eight, 10 footer. Sometimes it feels good, but most of the time I want that thing out of there. I want to make room for the ball. <laughs> I definitely have hit the five footer and in with more speed because I know I have the flag there to kind of help brace the, uh, the impact. So I, I think that's been something that I've been more confident with. I, I feel like, the five foot putt and I'm more confident with now because I know I can hit it with more pace and I know I've got the flag stick to essentially bank it off of. Well, if you hit it dead center, Brian. Yeah, the data. 
Yeah, and and they had the uh, machine do it and only did it 28% of the time. So if you hit just the side of it, that could ricochet it out. That's why, you know, Jeff wants it out. Yeah. The golfers want it out. It's a mental thing for me. I'm seeing it in there. I'm like, I'm just going to hit it center at it, you know. Well, remember when the, they said at first all, a lot of the tour players were keeping the pins in the first couple of weeks, you know, because they thought it was an advantage. Now you look, not many are keeping the pins in. Maybe yeah. on longer putts. I, cer I certainly do like being able to keep it in on a 30, 40 footer. That doesn't bother me. But yeah, those short ones, I, I want it out of there. The hole looks a lot bigger to me without the flag. I do think it helps some people with their alignment and, you know, and just uh, squaring up to the hole because of that, that, that vertical aspect of the flag there, I think it helps certain people line up. And maybe that's what you're comfortable with, Brian. It, it just gives you a good view of the hole. Yeah, I'm sure it's just between the ears for me, just feeling you know, stronger about it. And maybe I should be hitting it at that speed anyway. You know, maybe that's one thing I tend to do sometimes I feel like is baby those short putts and maybe just having to stick in for whatever reason is clicking in my brain to give it the proper pace that it should have anyway, instead of having it die into the hole, go into the middle of the hole, you know. So Ricky Fowler, see. watch Ricky Fowler putt those five footers, right? I mean, he just paces them. Just bangs them. Yeah. I, I always say, try to make it, don't wish it in there. Yeah, you don't wish it into the hole. Rip knocking into the hole. Yep, I like it. Hey, a few minutes left here on this segment. Want to talk a little bit about um, what Bryson DeChambeau has been doing and what some of the bigger names have been talking about uh, with it this week. So Jack Nicholas, of course, hosting the event. He was talking on Golf Channel uh, about some of the golf course changes that he's making to Mirfield Village. And he said, I want to make the course better, not, not harder. But Nick Faldo was asking him about, are you making it longer because of a guy like Bryson, which I thought is a fair point. And they, they kind of went back and forth, and, and Jack was very complimentary of Bryson saying, look, with what he's able to do right now under the constriction of the rules, he's figuring out a way to win. So he goes, good for him. He said We're, golf is all about finding innovative ways to win, and he said he's got it right now. But he was very, very strong. He, he basically on air said, I'm telling the USGA – to change the ball restrictions and rules. So he does, he thinks the ball should be changed. Now, Brandle Chambly from Golf Channel was talking this week about, he also tweeted out some information that I thought was interesting. He says, everybody's talking about changing the ball, changing the club, and everybody's talking about Bryson. He said that game is about, the game's about judgment, nerve, skill, and strategy. It always has been, it always will be. And he goes, here's the stat to back it up. He said, the PGA Tour driving distance leader on tour since 2000 so this is 20 years worth of data has only won eight events ever total in terms of like okay who, who led in driving distance in 2000 2001 2002 so there's 20 years of players there's only eight career victories he said now you might say it's all about accuracy he said in this 20-year span the accuracy leader has only five career wins total amongst that group of 20 golfers so he said being the distance leader or the accuracy leader, he goes, is good. He goes, I think it's going to help you. But he goes, I'll go back to my statement. Golf is about judgment, nerve, skill, and strategy. He goes, it always has been and always will be. Yeah, I don't disagree. Um, I think it's a game you play. And, you know, I think Bryson's smoking it right now. And I played, uh, I played at Craigburn with uh, Tim Fries and Tim Faulkner this week. And we talked about it. And, and I think I said the same thing on air last week. You know, one tweak in his body, and that ball isn't going to go as straight. You know, any kind of injury, and he's really going to struggle to hit it straight while he's hitting it that far. And he's hot right now, and the game's been going towards distance for a while. I mean, 
the data does show proximity to the hole, you know, is what lowers your score. Um, but there is a lot more than just bashing it out there. And I think even Bryson would tell you he's got to get better with his wedges now. You know, you see him hit it, and he's got a wedge in his hand, and he doesn't end up as close as he should be. I think he led two weeks ago in driving distance and proximity to the hole. He was almost dead last. Um, so he wasn't hitting his irons close. So I do think there is, there's a lot to be said for that. Uh, proximity hole is uh, yeah, super important, obviously, uh, with the putting stats with that. I was just trying to think over the last 20 years, who are those eight winners? Um, <laughs> I mean, distance leaders off the tee. I'm, I'm going to have to – because obviously Tiger's not one of them. Uh, Hank, Hank Keeney? Hank Keeney, but did he win anything? I don't know. I think he won once maybe. Maybe. Uh, Cameron Champ has won twice. But Chambly's point is, like, if you led – let's say – let, let's say Hank Keeney in 2001 was the PGA Tour leader that year. Did he right. win in 2001? That's what he's saying. And he, and but you can make stats say anything. The tour leader could have been a guy who made 12 cuts and just happened to be a bomber and bashing it. And, yeah. you know, yeah. So that's where I have a hard time with some of those stats. You, to have, to hit, it, you have to hit it long enough. But I, I agree with the proximity to the hole. I think that is more important than distance. Yep. Just to wrap this up here, the RNA – uh, which, of course, works with the USGA in terms of rules. Uh, Martin Slumbers, the RNA chair, said that um, there may be a hint of some sort of ball and club relationship changes coming. He says, quote, it's a game of skill, but it's important to have a balance of skill and technology, end quote. The USGA and the RNA were actually looking at this and doing a report on it, but it was delayed by COVID. So we'll see if they pick up on this uh, at some point again. I'm sure we'll be talking about this forever. We've been talking about hitting the golf ball farther forever. So, so slumber's not sleeping on it. Slumber is not sleeping on it. Great way to go to break there. Smooth transition. We'll take a timeout. That's right. More coming up here on T Degree with the always smooth Kevin Sylvester and our PGA Pro Jeff Metis. I'm Brian Colziel. More T Degree coming up right after this. You're listening to T to Green, presented by the Western New York PGA. Woods to Wedges inside the Whirly Golf Dome, Custom Turf, Michelob Ultra, and Jim Beam. And by our home clubs, Tantara Golf Club, Briarwood Country Club, and Lancaster Country Club. Stay tuned, more T to Green coming up. TD Green and want to thank Scroy Financial for their support of the show this year, the local family-owned financial planning firm. Located in West Seneca, they've been serving Western New Yorkers since 1971. You need some help with your finances, now get some experts on your team. They offer a complimentary one-hour consultation. 716-674-6700, easy to remember, 674-6700, or go to the website, which is scroyfinancial.com, spelled S-G-R-O-I, Financial.com. Also want to thank the Jumpa Agency, a local Allstate agent in Williamsville and in Clarence. Uh, Allstate, a part, of course, part of our majors championship or our majors contest. And we'll have information this week on Twitter. It's back. We know in mid-August is the first major, the PGA Championship. So we're about three and a half, three, three and a half weeks away from it, from the PGA Championship. So uh, we'll have our majors contest back, so look for information on my Twitter handle and our T to Green ha- uh, handle. You should be following us on T to Green, by the way. Anyway, T two G Buffalo, uh, or you can follow me as well at Brian WGR. But I'll have information uh, coming up on that, so check that out. Uh, our Champions Tour report here is next, brought to you by Donald Ross Clothing. By the way, you can get Donald Ross Clothing now online. That get to 
wear the cheetah green shirts that we wear. Got a good stuff there. Um, we are a week or so away from the champions tour officially returning. The alley champ, uh, challenge is coming up July 31st. So uh, about a week and a half away from the champions tour coming back to play. Uh, a couple of good notes here to end with here on our show, by the way, Brian Colziel, Kevin Sylvester, and PGA pro Jeff Metis here on T to green. Uh, a big shout out goes to uh, all of you. I know there were a big uh, amount of golfers playing in the 100-hole event uh, at Wanaka on Thursday, including, I know a lot of you that listen to this show know Jeremy White from WGR. Um, Kevin O, from what Jeremy had told me on Thursday, uh, they were climbing in on the $75,000 number in terms of, number, in terms of uh, money raised for Roswell Park and some other charities in the area as well. Um, that's a, that is just, that's truly awesome. $75,000 in this time too, where yeah. people, you know, obviously they're struggling people. And for that money to be raised, that's just incredible. They, and you know what, uh, kudos to everybody, all the caddies. I know, uh, Howard was out there in his air monarchs, uh, right. caddy for him. Yeah. Uh, my buddy, John Park, um, who I play with in their uh, invitation with, he was out there and, and they're also benefiting the live like Luca, uh, foundation, Luca Kalani as a young boy who, uh, uh, lost his life to the flu um, this past winter, and his dad, uh, Roger Botch Kalani, was out there playing too, and uh, probably with a heavy heart, but joy because Luca loved being on that golf course playing with his dad. So uh, uh, it was great to see everybody uh, rally around Luca and Roswell Park. And it's pretty cool. I, we've done a hundred holes, but we've done it on a cart, and uh, they're walking. Um, yeah. yeah, Jamie yeah. Miller's out there walking a hundred holes, you know, so that's pretty good. Uh, pretty good for Jamie. He does it every year. And I think they had a bunch of rain. So I don't know what happened there. They got, uh, they got socked with the rain out there at Wanaka, but, uh, but a great, like you said, it's great. They're great at raising money with that event. They've done an amazing job. Yeah. Jeremy said they, they had to, uh, cut it a few holes short at the end because of tornado warnings, which, uh, of course oh, come on. was, uh, <laughs> going to be expected. But, Cupcake. I mean, yes, I know. But Wanaka's not necessarily the flattest walk either. So nope. kudos to all those people for playing that. And all you said, all the caddies, the volunteers. And that's one thing that golf we always know does well, whether it's the PGA Tour, whether it's uh, other tours, whether it's local events, whether it's just businesses in Western New York, or even just a group of guys that want to get together, a group of gals, group of kids, whatever, you, you figure out a way to do something and have a charity tie-in. And speaking of that, one thing that we do every year is our duster putting challenge. And unfortunately, uh, as we know, with many events this year that have been either postponed or canceled, uh, Kevin, this year, our duster challenge, unfortunately, is going to be added to that list. The logistics of doing it safely, uh, just with what we want it to be, uh, unfortunately, just won't happen this year. We just wanted to officially announce that to everybody that are, uh, for, if you were thinking about participating this year in our dust cutting challenge, uh, put it on hold. We'll, have, we'll, we'll come back next year bigger and better. Yeah, it's just an interruption. It's not, the event's not going away yet. We are just not holding this year. Um, we just felt that it's be near impossible to do it socially distant uh, with the amount of people we have in the putting green and to do it the amount of time that we need to do it in. Um, we just, we just couldn't do it. And I wouldn't want to, um, and none of us, I say, I, we are our sponsors, our partners at the Western New York PGA. We don't want to put anybody in that position where they're uncomfortable about the social distancing. So we decided we're going to put it off till 2021. So, uh, we're sorry for those who are looking forward to it, but, uh, it's not going away. Yeah. One thing 
about that event that I think makes it so fun, Kevin, is that we're all around together, all on the putting green, all hanging out, uh, watching each other and putt and uh, having a great time. And, you know, to do that, obviously, and what we need to do to follow the social distancing rules, just we didn't feel we could do it in a capacity that would make it enjoyable for everyone. And as you said, to feel comfortable. So um, we, however, waited. we waited as long we as we waited could. as long as we could. That's right. <laughs> however, Jeff, the, what we do it for the West New York Reach Foundation, you can still donate if you want to do that, if that's a charity of your choice or that you feel like, hey, you know what? I want to donate, even though there is no duster this year, they can still do it to the West New York PGA Reach Foundation. Yeah, contact the West New York PGA. They do so many things that are, are so valuable in our community, and that money that money goes to real good use. And, um, you know, I'm proud to be part of that, and I, I was proud to be part of the duster, and I'm looking forward to having that back next year because I really enjoyed that evening. I, I put that on the I, – I always had a great time. I always had a bunch of laughs, and, and it'll be back, like you said, bigger and better next year. That's right. All right, Kevin, so we uh, look forward to this weekend at the Memorial. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? What do you like about this course? Have you, have you worked an event there before? Yes, I have. What, what, should, what should people be watching this weekend at that course? Well, of course, it, it, it is amazing, but it is penal. If you are, you have to be accurate uh, um, and long there. And that's why I think you see ball strikers won last week. Uh, Morikawa, Thomas was on his game. You've got to be on your game. To win a memorial, you cannot get away with anything uh, at Jack's place. It's a fabulous golf course, and when they allow fans next year, make your plans to go to Dublin, Ohio. It's a five-hour drive. It is worth it. That place is spectacular. Okay, so everybody enjoy the golf this weekend. Kevin and Jeff, thank you. Great job as always. Well, thank you. That's right. See you, buddy. All right. Thanks to Derek Kramer for producing. Thank you for listening. As uh, we say goodbye for this week, of course, you can always check out our full show if you missed it a little bit later on today uh, up on the on-demand section at wgr550.com check out all of our videos and tips on our website t2green.golf t the number two t2green.golf for pga pro jeff Medis and kevin sylvester i'm brian colziel thanks again for listening we'll talk to you next week t to green every saturday right here on wgr T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.